Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a guiding principle study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our book, Guiding Principles. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then the participation will be well worth the effort. We'll have the introductions and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. All right, everybody. Hi, I'm an addict named Des. Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast tonight. Uh, we are on episode 102 of the Guiding Principles Study Group. So grab your book. We're going to start on page 222 for tradition 12. And with the beginning with question number one, but first we're going to go through and do some introductions. So David, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Hi family. I'm David. I'm a grateful recovering addict. Clean date is July 3rd, 1988. Part of the Weedy Recover online area at the Misfits of NA. But my home group is the We Do Recover noon meeting Monday through Friday in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. We'd love to have you if you're in town. Awesome. Glad you're here with us, David. Go ahead, Phil. Come on in. My name's uh, uh, Phil M. My clean date is 4-1995. My home group is Men in Recovery in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And I attend meetings in the Pittsburgh area of Pennsylvania. Awesome. Glad to have you with us, Phil. Hi, Donna. Hey, everybody. It's Donna P. out here in Eugene, Oregon. My clean date is 11-22-85. My home group is Solutions for Living, Sunday night, 6 p.m. Come see us sometime. All right. Glad to have you with us. Chrissy D. Hey, family. I'm an addict called Chrissy D. Helling right now from Albany, Georgia. My clean dates are 11 7 I attend virtual meetings and in-person meetings here in Southwest Georgia and in the Central Florida area. Uh, and if you want, come on out and see us. Love ya. Awesome. Good to have you with us. And hi, Duran. Hey, family. My name is Duran, and I'm an addict. My clean date is March 13th, 2020. Uh, my home group is the Clean and Free Group of Narcotics Anonymous. We meet Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. at Trinity Presbyterian Church in Ashtabula, Ohio. If you're ever around, please come see us, man. We'd love to have you, for real, for real. Um, and I attend meetings in the Buckeye region in Ohio. Awesome. Glad you're here, Jaron. And hi, everybody. I'm an addict named Dows. Uh, I am from Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. My clean date's July 24th of 1995. My home group is We Choose to Live, a fully virtual meeting out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. And I attend meetings in the Wisconsin region and virtually around the world. So tonight, as I said, we're going to kick off with the questions and we're going to start with Donna, Donna P. Hey, everybody. Tradition 12 says anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. This first question says, what are some of the differences between personal anonymity and traditional 11 and the principle of anonymity as it is expressed in tradition 12? Well, they're nothing alike, are they really? Because the personal anonymity uh, expressed in tradition 11 is about me not 
acting like I or pretending like I or act, in, acting in any way as if I represent Narcotics Anonymous as a whole, right? And that how that public relations piece is so important that when we are out sharing about NA, that we're talking about the fellowship as a whole and not necessarily about myself, not necessarily about myself, right? And um, and uh, the principle of anonymity as it's expressed in tradition 12 is about um, equality, right? Equanimity, it uh, um, says up here in this, uh, I, wonder, I just wanted to read this little paragraph just above it. It says tradition 12 brings calm in, to our lives, we can let go of drama and the need for attention and see what is real in our lives outside of NA as well. Letting go of the focus on personality, including our own, can allow us to see what is happening, what we need and what we can do. Not every area of our lives is anonymous, but our practice of anonymity and narcotics anonymous and our understanding of anonymity as a spiritual principle grants us safety and security on a, in our personal foundation. I mean, that is gorgeous, right? And learning like to, cost, to to stop taking myself and making myself the focus of every conversation, you know, having to say, look at me, look at me, look at me all the time in order to get my value or even shrinking to the back of the room, hoping that no one would see me is another way of gaining some attention, right? And um, so they're just completely different. Personal anonymity means that um, I don't represent Narcotics Anonymous as a whole. And uh, the principle of anonymity means that we are the same. All six of us sitting here on this group and all the other people in the world, when I walk into a room of Narcotics Anonymous, I identify myself as a member, we are equal. And, um, and in terms of like one person, one vote kinds of stuff, right? And my voice has a place here. So that's enough out of me, guys. Thanks. Awesome stuff, Donna. Thank you so much. And I just want to tell anybody who's listening, we're actually started on page 224, not 222. I don't know. I'm getting a problem with these numbers today. <laughs> okay. So with that, I don't know that anybody else wants to pipe in on that. So we're going to move on to Chrissy D with question two. Hey, family, and it called Chrissy D. Number two, it says, what are some ways that I put principles before personalities when I'm in a meeting? When I talk to my sponsor, when I sponsor other members, when I talk to newcomers, when I talk to other members. Man, what are some ways I put principles before personalities? Doesn't always come easy. It doesn't always come easy. But I know it has to be done today because like, like John pointed out, we're all equal. And like those ways, like, and I didn't realize that in the beginning, things that my predecessors, just simple little things that they were teaching me, were teaching me how to put principles before personalities. Like, for instance, we have one predecessor, he always wore a ball cap, right? And he always told us, close your eyes, don't see the addict, hear the message. And he would pull his ball cap over his eyes. So he would not have to look at that addict, but he could clearly, distinctly hear that voice. And I was like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. I still got that picture of that person whose face I want to bust in the face. It's not going to work. He's like, you trust me on this. You need to trust me on that. So I was like, okay. So now you catch me if I have a ball cap on. It's going over my eyes. Because some people, I can't see past their faces. I, I can't see past their faces, faces to hear that last saving message that I know I need to today. 
you know, and then they told me in the beginning, it's in our reading and we, and um, I heard it in a share earlier, somebody else who shared, go Darren, after on. But anyway, it talks about, we don't give this literature a chance because the literature will save our lives. And in our literature, it says, regardless of what we have, where we've been, where we come from, any of that doesn't matter. And to me, that was my very first experience with anonymity and didn't even know it. Up until the 11th step, when it tells me regardless, with or without, with or without any of these things in my life, I still got a fighting chance, man. And so like, so I have to remember these things. I have to remember that number one, I didn't know this stuff when I came in here. So when I'm talking to newer members, when I'm talking to other members, I can't expect them to be Chrissy D with almost eight, almost eight years clean. I can't expect them to know hey, I already know what anonymity is. More than likely, they're calling it, still calling it anonymity, you know, and I have to understand that. And I also have to understand that sometimes an older member isn't gone through what I'm going through. But if I just stop and listen for their experience, strength, and hope, maybe in another area, how they dealt with another area, it could still give me hope in my area, you know? And like when I talk to my sponsor, remember my sponsor's just an addict. Just an addict, she ain't no spiritual giant, or they ain't no spiritual giant. It's just another addict trying to get a day clean, trying to stay out, out of the pits one more day. They ain't got this thing figured out, because I'm sure if they got it figured out, they would be sitting in a narcotics anonymous meeting. Oh, wait, that is how we figure it out. We sit in the narcotics anonymous meetings. We sit here in recovery. We work some steps, and we find out that we're just the same. We're just the same. And so, like, I just have to remember these things. I have to remember where I came from. And I have to remember that my story doesn't have to look like anybody's story and that my differences don't have to make me different, but I do have differences. And one day there's going to be another addict that's going to walk through that door who's going to feel out of place, out of town, out of city, out of sexuality, out of gender. And they're going to need somebody to reach their hand out and say, hey, I've been where you've been and I got through it clean. Let's do this together. Thanks for letting me share. Beautiful stuff. Thank you so much. Um, and then I see Duran wants to jump on in. I like this question a lot. Um, what are some ways that I put principles before personalities when I'm in a meeting? Um, as soon as I hit them doors, it's, it's I don't I I can't describe it. Something just comes over me where like whatever we're going through, whatever I don't like about you, like is gone to the wind. Like. We're all here to try and get another day clean. And that's that's all I concentrate on is our similarities, not our differences when we're in a meeting. Now, as soon as the meeting's over, I mean some I I'm probably not talk to you. I don't have to I don't I don't have to like everybody in the rooms. I don't have to hang out with everybody in the rooms. I don't have to I don't you don't gotta be in my inner circle. I don't have to call you for like um guidance or anything like that. Like, and I'm not suggesting that you do that, but like I'm very protective of my recovery outside of the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. Like when I'm in the rooms though, it's free game. Like I'm there to share my my strength, hope, and inspiration. And 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 that's what it is, man. Like somebody asked me earlier, why do I say that? And I said, I feel like we inspire each other to be better. And that's where I get my inspiration is in the rooms. Like I, I can't expect to come into the room and be like, man, this person did this, that, those, and the others out in the street. They might have a great message to carry though. Like, I don't I don't know what drove them to do what they're doing, but I know that they're still, if they're still clean and they're, you know, sharing 
great information with us, then who am I to judge them? Who am I to say that they, they can't carry the message of Narcotics Anonymous to the best of their ability? Because that's what this is about, carrying the message to the best of our ability, working this program to the best of our ability. At least that's my understanding of what's, what Narcotics Anonymous is about. You know, and, and that's the beauty of it is we all get to come to an understanding of the program for ourselves. I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. I don't see the same as Phil. Phil don't see the same as me. We may have some things that we have in common, but in in the grand scheme of things, I view the program totally different than a lot of people. Um, when I talk to my sponsor, um, for the first time, my sponsor and I actually just got into it last, last Tuesday. Um, and that's the first time in our whole relationship that we've gotten into it because we were, we're gym, but we were gym buddies when he lived in Ohio and everything. And, um, he's very important in my life. And, and that was the first time that we were, we actually butted heads, but it actually got us to a better day where we were able to set aside, like how we really felt and, and really come to an agreement on like, this is what I see. This is what I see this, you know, and we apologized and, and the spirit brought us back together and, um, you know, sometimes I just got to step in the way and I apologize because I was like, man, I was really in a bad zone and I was taking it out on you. I apologize. But that's what the spirit does, man. When we when two addicts are sharing with each other, whether we're right, wrong or indifferent, when um when the spirit comes together, we're able to get to the other side of things clean and 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 have a conversation about things. And that's a beautiful thing in this process. I didn't even know I was practicing this tradition and like until we start getting into this. And and in the in all my life, um, when I sponsor other members, this is this is the part that I love the most because sponsorship is the lifeblood of Narcotics Anonymous, and I'm very happy that I get to be a sponsor. And things aren't all peachy king as me being the sponsor right now. I have sponsees that aren't calling me, aren't working steps, and that's their life. Like they can be what they want to be and they can do how they want to do. And I, they know that I'm here whenever they need me at the drop of a hat, like I'm here. And um, that's the thing about it. I remember having a sponsee that just would not take any suggestions. And I remember like his two years coming up and I really had like an achy feeling in my body that like he wasn't clean, but I still presented him with this coin and I still told him I loved him. I still told him to come to my house when he needed me. Um, when he called me and said, you know, he he was not in a good mental state. You know, I stayed up with him. He was at my house till three in the morning. And I, I'm not ever up that late, but I, I stayed up with him. I didn't judge him. Even when he told me he relapsed, I didn't judge him. I just said, what are we going to do now, my friend? What are we going to do now, brother? So it's about being the best that I can be for myself so I can be the best I can for the people that I love. And that includes my sponsees. And um, when I talk to other members, I just try to be loving. I just try to be understanding. I try not to be judgmental. Um, I feel like that's that's one of the things that I've honed in on is to not judge people and to really like um, take things into consideration and view the other side of it. That honesty, open-mindedness and willingness piece is really big in my recovery. With that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thanks for covering all that. And uh, I I just wanted to jump in and talk about this question because um, I just came from my state convention and uh, and I've been there like, I think it was my 25th time or some crap. I don't know, a lot of them, right? And it was awesome and it was cool, but I like, 
I, I like when I'm presented with questions like this, principles before personalities, when I'm in a meeting, uh, when I talk to my sponsor, when I sponsor other members, you know, um, all, all the ways that I get to practice this. And um, I know for me, I, I really struggled this year because um, I'm the addict who uh, chose to stay home longer than most other people. And I chose not to hug people for a long time. And I chose that because I, you know, I have a compromised immune system and I needed to do that for myself. And it was really hard for me because I can tell you that 90% of the people that gave me a hug this weekend said this very sentence. It's about time you're hugging. It's about time you're over that. And I was like, come on. And I was trying so hard not to get mad and not be angry and talk about principles before personalities. Like I get it, man. Everybody thought I was, you know, just being so careful and so unheard of. But at the same time, this program gave me an opportunity to do what was best for me. And, um, and it, it was tough though. It was tough. And, and several times I was just like back in my room, not making eye contact, you know, and then I set up to do the zoom, like we zoomed all the speakers. So every speaker meeting, I had to be out of my room and setting up the computers. So I was like, thanks HP. I mean, that's how you learn. Right. And, uh, even, even the sound guy, uh, the guy that was setting up the sound was a member and, um, and a newcomer to me, another member, I don't know, but when I first got there, I was kind of bucky, you know, he was like, oh, I, I taped this, this podium down, I can't move, we can't put your camera up, this is a janky camera, it's not going to work, and I was like, dude, it works just fine, I've done this for three years now, I know how to Zoom meetings, this is the equipment we use, but he wanted, like, really fancy equipment, and, and I really had to be like, okay, um, it, it was clearly a personality clash, honestly, and, and, three other people came up to me and said, don't worry about him. He's just, you know, that's just how he is. And I said, well, how long has he been clean? You know, and then him and I talked about recovery and we talked about, you know, we had all these similarities that we wouldn't have known if I would have just listened to these other people telling me he was being an ass because he was a little bucky and he was a little upset, but they were asking him to do a lot. And he's in his first year clean first convention, my first convention, I couldn't even get out of the car. You guys, I sat in the parking lot in my car, watching people go in the hotel. And then I drove away because guess what? I couldn't even get out of the car. I was too afraid that they would tell me I had to leave. It took me two more conventions before I could get out of my car and go into the convention because somebody in my home group said, yeah, you, you can't just drive there and drive away. Daz. It's nice that you drove there, but you have to get out of your car, walk in the building, talk to people and go to events. And, um, and this kid was at his first, his first year clean at his first convention and helping and doing all the things. How beautiful is that? I mean, that's some principal work, man. And I'm really grateful that I got to experience that. And I'm, I'm grateful that I got to connect with him because, um, I, I really felt pretty disconnected this weekend. And it was the little things like that, that bring me back to what is this all really about? What's it all really about? It's about that we get to come together we get to come together as one unit. We get to come together as addicts who are clean. That, that's not meant to happen. We're not supposed to be clean, you know? And then the other thing I thought about with this question was my my um, second sponsor. And I remember she had an ex-husband who was in the rooms and boy, they were vile. They were vile to each other. And she would be speaking and he would walk out of the room and he would be speaking and she would walk out of the room. And then they would swear about each other in the hallway. 
And then once somebody said to her, just sit your ass down and listen to him. He's got a message, you know? And then all the way home, she, she just yelled at me about how great his message was and how upset she was about his message, you know? And I always remember that because even the most vile person in recovery can have something to share with me that may help me. And I need to be open to that process. So that's all I wanted to share about that question. And I'm not seeing any other input. So we're going to move to David with question three. Take it away, David. All righty. So how do I practice principles before personalities when I have strong feelings about someone, good or bad? Ooh. So playing favorites. Playing favorites with people. That's a challenge. You know, uh, or, you know, of course, the converse, you know, you got that that attitude just really, really, really bugs you. You know, they they share a certain way or they dress a certain way or, you know, they they make a big mess around the coffee maker, you know, and then they don't clean up after themselves and uh, they don't flush, you know. Not that there's any of those people in my area, but, <laughs> um, you know, practicing the principles means that that coffee area, I'll go back out and I'll clean that up and I won't give the person grief about it. Um, giving the courtesy flush, you know, taking care of things because it's the right thing to do. And then not excusing behavior when the people that I am friends with, the people that I do care about, good or, you know, for the good, not excusing their behavior when they're out of out of line with principles before personalities. Um, you know, if somebody's in a meeting and they start target sharing and I'm chairing and it's somebody I get along with, even if I agree with them, I shut that shit down. You know, that's just the way that works. You know, practicing principles for personalities is something that we are supposed to practice in all of our affairs. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and hug you after a meeting if I don't like you. That doesn't mean that uh, I'm going to spend like lots of personal time with you outside of a meeting. But uh, when we're in the meeting and I'm practicing practicing those principles for personalities, you know, I guarantee you that I'm going to treat each of you the same. You know, that's that's part of it. Um, I'm going to treat you with honor and respect. I'm going to have an open mind to your share and listen to it. Um, and I'm going to do the next right thing because it's the next right thing to do. That's all I got. Thank you so much, David. Thanks for your share. That was that was brilliant stuff. And uh, here comes Phil with a little more input. Wow, that that was good. And um, um, when I have strong feelings about somebody, somebody uh, good or bad, and um, this is the thing I, I've learned uh, that I'm I'm really in in, in touch with. Uh, I really need to, and, I, and I've learned this from um, uh, sponsorship, is not to take things personal and so personal. Uh, me or support group or, or, or just the members. 
And when I'm making things uh, personal, I need to talk about me, uh, uh, that's when uh, I can get jammed up. And um, um, sometimes I, I will just do with the, the members that I like, sponsorship family, just and just members, just our, our members, uh, period. I, I may mention, uh, uh, are, you, are you making this so personal? Are you taking this so personal? And then I will say different things like, uh, is there a step you can you can work for, work on that, you know, you know, you know, because it's still about practicing these principles and all of our affairs. And um and that's what we are too in, in our traditions. And uh and all all is all. Um to someone uh good or bad, um I've been really working so hard not to be judgmental. And, you know, and I can, I can say our cliche, uh, like we say in the rooms, uh, I'm not judging. I'm, I'm just saying, okay, but it is, it is what it is. Uh, when, uh, when I, when I do that, but, uh, but things uh, do happen up uh, time to time with, with, with me and the, and the members and, um, uh, uh, I always need to consider the source and I will say to, to myself and even um, our members. And I want to, I want to try to include everybody because our unity is a must and, and uh, include, include everybody, but, but uh, in, in that um, uh, of taking things um, personal and making them uh, personal with our members and um members can can rub one another the wrong way and not being judgmental judgmental sometimes it's the time that the thing of maybe the members don't have the correct information or they just haven't been here long enough and then some of our, our members and i don't want to be judgmental they, they they do what they do but but i still need to work steps and traditions and concepts and things and practice these um principles um the thing about our, our literature when when we're reading it and and have some kind of understanding and and the blessing is if we can practice it you know because we still have uh all kinds of things that uh come into um our our fellowship from from time to time and members don't know um they they don't or or I don't, I don't know what they do I because I now I'm judging or, or I need to just be saying they they do what they do how's that sound they just do do what they do with things and um I'm not gonna say that it it probably does rub me wrong but I will back up you know you know what you said uh you know sort of had a um, racist tone to it you know what you said uh had this but I I need to be be mindful and be the better person. And last but not least, and I will say this, I, I, I do say to, to our members, sponsored family and everything, you know, who is going to be the better person? And when that comes into practicing principles before personalities, okay, who's the better person? And that's all I got. Awesome, awesome stuff, Phil. You know. And then we roll right back into you with the next question. Question four. Okay. 
does my desire to honor those who came before me sometimes affect how I practice the principle of anonymity? Do members who serve or who have shared ever seem more important than others? Do I view NA members as fitting into any sort of hierarchy? Um, that has changed down through the years. And uh, for me being new here and not knowing a lot of things, uh, uh, everybody has some kind of position or hierarchy or level or, or something being being new. You know, uh, I know um, now with our spiritual principle of anonymity and the meaning of it, we are all, all equal. But there's, um, there's those uh, times uh, and in our fellowship, and I just live in a... Uh, region where um, um, when our dead members, which are our predecessors, are honored at our uh, convention. There's no names of um, of the members uh, who have passed. They're, they're, they're dead and gone. And it's their, um, I guess, family. I, I don't know who does, but we have this picture thing of the members uh, who have died that they will, they will show um, it part of our convention is called gone but not forgotten and um i don't know i i i i think that's 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 a good thing to remember uh our predecessors and and still there's no name to them you just see the pictures of these people who have been here before us um placing our uh, people on um i shouldn't do that i'm i'm mindful of it and and being uh, sponsored the way I have been been sponsored there there's the I got sponsorship family and sponsoring that don't put me on no pedestal you know I'm not bulletproof don't put me on no pedestal so I constantly hear that and and even our literature you know don't put anybody on no no, no pedestal but there's there's times for me that I I will go to our more experienced member. For stuff, I just just do that. You've been here before me. Um, uh, you know, can you help uh, with this? And can you direct and point me into uh, some kind of uh, direction? Um, I've even done um, sneaky behind stuff in, in my sponsorship family, and I did, did to tell myself. I just I just thought, well, uh, my sponsor done told me something you know i really didn't want to hear it so I'll, I'll go to my grand sponsor some little sneaky behind stuff and see what he's going to say and then he tell me the same thing the sponsor said you know <laughs> so it's like you know um those consequences what goes around go, you know comes around that's what i get for trying to be sneaky about something and uh but i do that with that hierarchy thing you know okay you know you know maybe my, maybe my sponsor don't know something but maybe my grand sponsor can you know and all, all that old simple stuff uh i i have done i don't do that anymore but i have done that kind of crazy stuff um and then our members um that share um yeah yeah knew i thought that they were presidents and kings and queens and all that stuff knew i really did and like, oh, they just they just know their stuff, and oh, you know, and I can never be this, and I can never be that, and just you know, and all that. But uh, as my recovery has um, 
going on, uh, I just view things um, different and uh, things uh, that are fitting into any kind of sort of a hierarchy. And that, I know we have we have no big eyes and and little U's. And uh, I do like us being uh, equal. But but there's still those times where I will go to a more experienced member for help. And that's all I got. Thanks so much, Phil. Appreciate all of that. That was really good stuff. And uh, Chrissy has her hand up. Come on in, Chrissy D. Hey, Chrissy D, y'all. So I really like this question. And um, I guess I'm just going to go through it from my experience. Like, And it really hits when it talks about just my desire to honor those who came before me sometimes affect how I practice the principle of anonymity and the hierarchy and stuff. And uh it's when experience, when you go through, when I go through experience, that the lesson comes alive, right? And I was grateful for that. I was in this podcast when I went through this experience. We wasn't on the 12th tradition yet. We was right where I needed to be. But today it seems more valid to talk, you know, think about it. Um, I had a sponsor and uh, I was going through my gender change and my name change. And I had respect for this person. I had respect, the utmost respect. He had years clean. And I wanted, I wanted what he had, y'all. I wanted what he had. And when I started coming out with, you know, I'd already changed my name and been changed for two years. And a lot of people don't even know that my name is not my name, right? And it's really none of nobody's business today. That's not a requirement in narcotics synonymous, right? Um, but when it came out that my name wasn't my government name and about my gender and about all these things, the way he come across caused me to lose all respect. I no longer felt welcome. I no longer felt like I belonged in Narcotics Anonymous. And for the first time, I almost, well, I technically did walk out of the meeting, but I came back because another addict stopped me and said, no, we don't do that. We don't let another addict regardless of their clean time, run us out of the meat. So sometimes my desire to honor a predecessor or those who came before me causes me to not value my anonymity. It causes me to want to shut down my anonymity. And, you know, I can go to different people and regardless of the clean time, they're going to have experience. You know, somebody might, with, with a lot of years might not have experience in, in being a, a transgender and non-binary and gender non-conforming. And I might have to find somebody else who has less clean time than me because that's what I had to do. I had to go to someone who had experience in that area regardless of their clean time. You know, and the message, thank, thank the gods that the message in Narcotics Anonymous does not change, but our faces change. Our people change. Anonymity looks a lot more beautiful today than it probably did back in 1953. It's not the same. So how can I honor those people that come before me? Regardless, if I like what they do or I don't like what they do, don't devaluate my own anonymity because that's what my predecessors fought for. They fought for a program where I could come in here and I could find equality, no matter my race, no matter my gender, no matter how I identify myself today. And that was just my experience because that really, it could have easily turned me away from Narcotics Anonymous, but I knew that it couldn't because once again, I know that there's gonna be somebody else who's gonna walk through that door 
experience what I experienced and need help. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much. Thanks for being here with us, Chrissy. Appreciate you. And um, okay, we're gonna move on to question five. And uh, that's me. It says, when do I struggle with the principle of anonymity? Are there times when equality is a struggle for me or when that idea makes me uncomfortable? Do I want to pull rank or establish authority? And am I intimidated by some members or are there times when I just assume that they are right? Man, it's so funny. Like, um, I'm not a work ahead person. I didn't look at these questions, but this question, <laughs> I so need to read this question today. That's so funny. Cause, um, I remember when I got clean and, uh, I think I, I did struggle with the principle of anonymity for, for whatever reason. And, and it's both beautiful and not beautiful. I guess my early experience, I got clean in a small town in Wisconsin and the counselors who were addicts came to the meetings with us, which is great in theory. And they would sit at the tables and they would say, well, we're just addicts like you, you know, and, um, and that was fine because everybody can come to the meetings. We can all come to the meetings, you know. Um, and then we would always split off into groups and we would all go to different group, different meetings or different tables or whatever. And I remember thinking that um, that, that was a really good, I mean, I, I, I think it's still a really good lesson that I experienced with that. But, um, you know, that it doesn't matter where we come from or who we are. We can all sit together in Narcotics Anonymous. But um, as luck would have it, some human things happened with some of their lives. And um, and I found that I was in a position where I was like, they did what? <laughs> what happened? And I got really uncomfortable with being around them. It was years after I was no longer in treatment anymore. I had stayed clean. And um, just like one or two of them are still in the program today. I don't know where the rest of them are. But uh, again being at the state convention, I saw a few of them this weekend, the two of them this weekend. And it, it was just nice to see them. And I mean, it's many, many years later, but um, talking about when equality is a struggle for me and when the idea makes me uncomfortable, both in the beginning of my recovery and today, when I see those individuals, I become uncomfortable because I never felt like I could be as good as they were as bad as they were and then as okay with where they're at as they were so it was like this whole like every emotion possible to have around another person's behavior I've had with these individuals and um and that's I think it's okay it's it's my experience you know but um when I see them it's different today it's different than when I was first new and I was like oh you're hugging me that's nice and then I don't know if I want to hug you because I don't like what you did. And now I'm hugging you because we're all equal here in NA and, and you need to be here as much as I do. And it's an equal territory thing. So um, it's okay. I mean, it, it's been my process and I'm really grateful that I have that experience, that like real learn lived experience with, with these individuals. And it didn't take me out of the rooms. I know that, um, some people were really seriously affected by, by all of that. And, um, 
and I'm grateful that, you know, when I think about that, equality is a struggle for me in another sense, is that I always, always, not all, not so much anymore, but now I can say I generally, it used to be always, but I generally feel like I have so much less to offer than the next guy. So today it's generally, it used to be always, <laughs> it used to be like everything that happened, I was like, nope, I couldn't do it as good as them or as all right as them. Even like passing out flyers to the community, I was like, well, I don't think I could do a good job at that. They do a much better job. And then I would do it and like I would pass out the flyers and it would be done okay and properly and find out things like people were just hanging flyers without asking for permission. You know, those sort of things were unmasked or whatever. And and then I discovered that sometimes we, you know, we need to be involved. I need to be involved. So um, so I don't know, but equality's always been a struggle for me. And then that that question about pulling rank or established authority, um, I hope I never do that. I mean, I've I've done a lot of service in NA, and even even like as recent as my region is is uprooting, not uprooting, but revamping our policy. And I have a memory of the history of twenty eight years of our policy, and not everybody at region remembers twenty eight years ago because they maybe weren't here. But I remember it and I'm even kind of a pack rat and I have some of the documents. So I'm able to say, well, back in 2001, back in 99, we did this. And somebody said to me just this weekend, they said, they said, I really appreciate your knowledge of the way that we used to do things and the fact that you can remember and bring that to light. And, um, and I think about that in comparison to another person who used to come to my region that doesn't come anymore. I hope they come back. If you're listening, come back. We need you back. But, you know, if you're that person, don't take this hard. But they would say, well, I know how we used to do it, and that's the way it should be done, and we're not doing it anymore. And, you know, I think we've all heard that in service when that, that person's like, I know the answer. I have the right answer. And I've probably done that, too. I've probably felt like what my solution was was right. But then I've learned to go along with the group. And and um, and the last part of this question, am I intimidated by some members or other times when I just assume that they're right. Um, not so much today, but probably for my first 12 years, absolutely. I just said, oh, that's how we do it. Okay, I, I'm going to believe that. And I didn't ask a lot of questions because I really was afraid. I was afraid that people were going to ask me to leave and I didn't have anywhere else to go. And then when I started to ask questions, I was kind of a dick, honestly, asking questions because I had all these questions built up for 12 years. And uh, so I just encourage everybody to ask questions from jump today. Um, whatever your question is, just ask it. And um, I, I hope that I'm never, you know, when I read this question, I think, oh my God, I hope I'm never an intimidating member. And I hope nobody ever thinks I'm just right without asking questions because um, I love, I love uh, when people ask for explanations and I love giving explanations and I love hearing explanations and I love knowing that we're all in this together and I'm a part of an equal solution to the disease of addiction and what a privilege that is to be part of this, this like for real life-saving fellowship. So yeah, so that's all the answers I have to those bunch of questions and I'm going to turn it over to Phil. Wow, that was great. And uh, I could relate to a whole lot of things in there, but I'm, and I'm going to be real like quick too, but uh uh, I I do like uh, how the thing ended. Do I ever want to pull rank or establish authority? I have done that. 
I, I, I don't want to do that anymore, but I have done that um, uh, early recovery and down uh, through the years and, and want to take my, my ball and go home. I, I, I have, have done that. Not to say that I, that uh, I have done meaning with different committees and different things with service and, and, and things. Yeah. Yeah. To pull rank. Uh, am I intimidated by some members uh, uh, or are there times I just assume that they're right? Um, I want to be right all the time and I need, to, <laughs> I, I want to just be honest. I, I, I just want to be, be right, right, right all the time. But um, there's those times uh, with um, group conscience and, 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 uh, Back to the personality thing. I need to take my strong personality out of things. Stay in my lane and and let um, the members and 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 God um, be in it and let everybody have a voice and say so in it and come to some kind of uh, decision. Um, uh, but it's back to the things with with, with policy traditions and and, and, and literature. Uh, I'm so glad fidelity belongs to um, uh, narcotics anonymous and uh, and uh, I don't try to weaponize it, but I have 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 used it. You know what does our literature say? Exactly what does this stuff say? And and be done with it. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you so much, Phil. And uh, I also, this is an addict named Des, I also want to be right a lot of the time too. So I feel you, man. I'm like, can I just be right? I want to be right. Okay. So on that note, we're going to turn it over to Duran with question number six. He's like, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, do I respect the confidentiality of meetings? Is sharing what is heard in a meeting always wrong? And um, how do I determine the difference between gossiping and expressing concern? So um, do I respect the confidentiality of meetings? I like to think that I do. I'm not really understanding of the question, except for I know that, like, I don't just go out into, like, the world with normies and talk about, like, where meetings are held at and stuff. Like, I don't go around, like, posting flyers about where meetings. I don't even tell my family, like, where the meetings at, you know, unless they're going with me. Um, so... I guess I, I do. I don't really even talk about like meetings at all in, in the general public unless I'm talking to another addict. And um, I've actually learned through a sponsee of mine to like respect people's personal anonymity, you know, um, about them being in the rooms. You know, I don't approach them with hugs like I used to, you know, I and and I'm not as I try to not be, I, I'm out there about my recovery, but I, when I'm in contact with other addicts in public, I try to respect their anonymity because I don't know what it looks like for them. I don't know what they, how they put themselves out in the world and, and, and their membership in Narcotics Anonymous. So um, that's something that I'm learning in year three, because before I didn't care. Like, I'm just going to tell you, like, I was just out there like... I, and I still love narcotic narcotics anonymous like I did the day that I came in here, but um, 
you know, things change. We we have to change. We have we and the more I learn, the more I learn that I need to respect people a little bit more. You know, I I can't always put people out there in the forefront just because I am, just because I'm I'm loud and proud about what is going on, and I want to share with the world like what has saved my life. Um, not everybody is right there, right then and there, you know, and, and that's, I mean, that's a beautiful thing about the learning and growing process. Um, is sharing what is hurting and meaning always wrong. Um, I, I've always been the person to like, if I hear something good at a meeting, like I'll share it with someone, another recovering addict, but I won't tell them where I heard it at or who I heard it from. I'll just be like, in the generality, man, I was at this meeting the other day and, dude just spit some fire and he said this that those and the others and I was like man I can really resonate with that or I can institute that into my recovery and have a, a bring it up as a topic of discussion between another fellow addict you know not as um me trying to put somebody out there like so-and-so shared this at the meeting the other day because um I do respect the anonymity when it comes to like who is who's been at a meeting or who is attending a meeting like I don't ever like putting nobody out there that I've always been big on that like if you're in a meeting I'm not a, and you're not there and you're texting me like who's there I'm not about to be like ooh this guy did, 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 did. that's that's rude like <laughs> cuz that person might not and then you don't know what kind of beef people have either I've seen a lot of things happen in in this in this three and a half years where People have beef. I've been subject to that, you know, at, at one point in time, man. And, you know, it, it happens. It's the humanness that that comes along with being in the program. Um, and how do I determine the difference between gossiping and expressing my concern? See, now this right here is something that I, I don't participate in the gossip. Like, I'm not that person. I, I don't. This is the thing with me. I have a very busy life. I'm too concerned in living Duran's life and living my best life that I don't give a damn about what's going on in your life unless we're like talking about it and discussing it. Like I'm always here to help another addict, but I'm not concerned about what's going on with you. If you're like, it, it's just too much going on. Like I feel like I wasted too much time in my life and like my higher power has given me the opportunity to do something good in my life. So I need to invest in myself so I can invest myself in other things. Um, and I don't and me consuming, I I I know what what the act of addiction Duran did, and I invested myself in everybody else's turmoil. And I took on everybody else's unmanageability and their crap. So I would be gossiping about people and being a turncoat and trying to play one against another. And that's not something that I believe in in um recovery and me doing so i go straight to the source if if somebody tells me something about somebody and there's something concerning i'll go straight to the horse's mouth and be like hey are you okay and i'm not going to even tell you where i got the information from because that's not that's not valid i'm coming to you as a concerned fellow recovering addict and seeing what's going on with you so that's what um that that's where i stand with that i just really i really don't participate in the gossiping. And if I have a concern about somebody, I take it to them or I wait till they bring it to me. Um, I'm big on respecting people's privacy, man, and, and respecting like where they're at in their recovery and where they're at in their life. Um, that's something that this process has awarded me, that my higher power has given me. Um, 
to help me with what's going on with me. You know, um, I work steps for me and I'm learning these traditions to help me deal with others. And the more like I, I sound like a broken record sometimes, but like the more I get into this, the more I get to see that the program has instituted itself in every aspect of my life without me even trying. They say the program will work without you even trying. And like I, I've it, it's like I get these revelations every time like we're in this book, man. Every time like we're reading, every time we're on this podcast, I'm like, wow, I didn't even think about it in this aspect. I didn't even know that I was practicing this in all my affairs already. Um, I guess that's the beauty of the program. Thank you for letting me share. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jaron. Appreciate you. All right, Phil, come on in. I'll be real quick. Uh, do I respect the confidentiality in the meetings? Uh, yes. And, and lately, uh, um, uh, so much uh, I do. And it's imperative that, that, that everything that goes on our me in our meetings needs to stay in our meetings. And then we have one of the, the readings that we'll do at the meetings, what, what you uh, say here, what you hear here, stay here and, and hear here. And uh, just lately, um, uh, a new meeting with with new people, and and them learning things and um, learning different things uh, in our our program, and and breaking uh, the confidentiality of our members in the meeting, and there's even some members in my sponsorship family, and how uh, disastrous uh, those things have been in life to our our members. And things uh, leaving our our meetings and beating the members home, and um, uh, it has been um, disastrous. Uh, I don't want to do it, but um, I I do try to encourage our our members what what goes on here to uh, stay here, and then the members just don't they probably don't understand that talking about things outside the meetings, and you may call yourself wanting to help our members. But I have seen that do more harm than good to our members. And that's all I have. Awesome. Thanks so much, Phil. And thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you and hope you keep coming back. What a joy to be part of your day. See you next week. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so.